Let's get you back to On the Map. Here's Dave Plyer. On the map today is New Orleans. Now, many New Orleans parents likely know Dr. Stephen Hales retired after 40 years in practice as their kid's pediatrician, and for many as their own pediatrician when they were kids. But Dr. Hales has also filled the position as historian for the Rex organization, and we'll explain what that is in a little bit. Carnival season started on January 6th, the 12th day after Christmas, also known as King's Day, and the season culminates on Mardi Gras Fat Tuesday, which is February 21st. And to talk about the traditions of this historic event and to share why this is a great opportunity to plan to attend this year's Mardi Gras, it's Dr. Stephen Hales. Dr. Hales, welcome to WGN Radio in Chicago and on the map. Delighted to join you. You know, you have had a deep fascination of Mardi Gras forever. Tell us how that all started for you. You know, I didn't grow up in New Orleans. I grew up in the West, and when I went to parades, they were very sedate, very quiet affairs. When I came to New Orleans and attended my first Mardi Gras parade, I thought, I first I thought, I'm home. And secondly, I thought, this is very special. Where did this come from? And it is an ancient tradition. I mean, this these celebrations have, as you indicated, really been part of New Orleans history since its founding. When Iberville and Bienville sailed up the Mississippi River and identified the site of the future city of New Orleans, it happened to be Mardi Gras. And where they anchored their boat, they named it Bayou de Mardi Gras. It was a the, an intensely French tradition, and as a French city, later a Spanish city, finally an American city, it's been part of our DNA from its from the very founding. You have been diligently chronicling and sharing the history of the Rex organization for decades. Share with folks what the Rex organization is and its storied history. No, I'm delighted to do that. The As I mentioned, uh, since the beginning, there were carnival celebrations. Uh, carnival comes from the Latin carnivale, which is farewell to meat. So in that period, just before you give up everything for Lent, if you're a faithful Catholic, mm-hmm. uh, on Ash Wednesday, the day before, you're going to cut loose. You're going to <laughs> party, right. you're going to drink, you're going to celebrate, That's right. put on a mass dance in the street. So it always happened in New Orleans. 1857, the mystic crew of Thomas created a nighttime parade. That's a very private organization. 1872, in the post War years, uh, Rex founders decided there really needed to be a public face to Carnival, and they hoped that by creating a daytime parade, inventing a king of Carnival, Rex, uh, they would be able to invite people to the city, have them come back for a spectacle, and reconnect the city to its peer cities, not only around the country, but around the world. So, they, they did it all. I mean, a few weeks before uh, Fat Tuesday in 1872, they got together, invented the colors of Carnival, purple, green, and gold, the motto, pro bono publico, for the public good, the king of Carnival, and they put on a sort of ragtag parade that first year. <laughs> it was about three miles long. And within a couple of years, they were producing beautiful spectacles that drew tens of thousands of visitors from all around the country and all around the world. Really, it was the beginning of a tradition of inviting the world to New Orleans to celebrate with us. And as the celebration has grown in all directions, Rex has continued to hold that traditional place of the really the public founding of this spectacle, uh, with the Rex Parade and the Rex Ball being the centerpiece of the celebration. Well, the parade itself, I mean, such an important part of this tradition. I mean, we're not talking this is any normal parade. The floats, the elaborate costumes, as you mentioned, the wigs, the masks, 
are all a big part of this, but the planning for something like this starts long ago. Yeah, the, uh, the, each of these parades has a theme. Each of these floats is a rolling work of art that illuminates some element of that theme. We plan our parades years in advance, and it takes a whole year for art artists to create these rolling works of art in the Rex Den, which is really just a glorious artist studio. And then they're out on the streets for three or four hours for the parade, then they come back into the den, we tear them apart, start all over again for the next year. So it's a it's a unique art form. Nowadays, people come to Mardi Gras to celebrate for all kinds of reasons. Uh, People like to catch things that are thrown from the floats, beads and cups and doubloons and other trinkets. But for the first 50 or 60 years of Carnival, there were no throws from from Mm. floats. People came just to see rolling works of art. So that tradition is still something that visitors will see. Rex and Zulu share the parade route on Mardi Gras Day. Zulu is a primarily African-American organization with deep roots and history of its own. Uh, those two parades are really, they, they really anchor that day. But for the weeks before, uh, there are parades almost nightly. The weekends before Mardi Gras are glorious times to visit. Um, we now have parading organizations that are are for everyone, male, female, black, white, or even crews that celebrate their pets. So there's something for everyone in this celebration. But the the traditional anchor of that is is Rex, the king of carnival, and really central to this celebration. Yeah, and of course there is the king, and you hailed as the king. So, you know, for being a part of all this for so long, tell us how you found out you were to be king, because that usually just gets announced a few days before uh, Mardi Gras at Tuesday. And and what responsibilities does that carry? You know, it's a it's a unique experience. Um, <laughs> the uh, I learned that I was going to be king of Carnival um, a couple of months before Mardi Gras, and I had to keep that secret until uh, just a, a few days before the celebration itself, which is a interesting process. One learns to, to, if not completely tell the truth, at least hopefully not completely lie. But it's uh, part of the tradition is that secrecy and that surprise. The, the day of the, of the celebration, a long, happy morning on a float, uh, uh, riding down the parade route, seeing familiar faces, unfamiliar faces. One of the most memorable things about uh, celebrating Carnival in New Orleans and per- the perspective from the top of the float is, is quite special. Nothing brings this city together in the same way as Mardi Gras. Uh, neighborhoods, race, wealth, nothing matters. Everyone is together. Everyone is celebrating. And it's a, it, it is a uniquely uniting uh, experience. Uh, the last event of the of the Carnival Day is is the Rex Ball, then the meeting of the courts, the two oldest organizations, Rex and Comus, the, the, the courts uh, join together to celebrate the end of the uh, Carnival. The next day, it's Ash Wednesday, and everyone, uh, you know, you take off your crown, you take off your finery, and you take out the garbage the next morning. <laughs> very good, very good. Of course, the traditions include all the food, the king cake. You know, in New Orleans, there's no open container law, so you can grab a drink to go and hit the streets and i still got my cup from 2020 like a month before all the shutdowns but the music is such a big part of the carnival and and during the late 1800s before jazz really surfaced as a genre the music of mardi gras was the sounds of the caribbean africa but jazz really does rule the nights in new orleans 
It does, and uh, and that and a tradition of marching bands. Uh, I don't think there's a more iconic site um, on Mardi Gras Day than the the St. Augustine Purple Night Marching Band, which is renowned as a, just a spectacular uh, show all in itself. Uh, they alternate between marching in the Rex Parade, marching in the Zulu Parade. And multiply that by dozens of other bands, and every musical genre you can imagine finds its way into Mardi Gras. People celebrate Mardi Gras in so many ways. If you go wander in the French Quarter, I mean, you're not going to wander. It's pretty packed down there. But that's one kind of celebration. But uptown on the parade route, it's very much a family celebration. So people who have an image of Mardi Gras being a lot of um, nudity and excess and drunkenness and so on, you can surely find that if that's what you want. But you will also find wonderful places to get together with other visitors and the citizens of this city and see beautiful art, hear wonderful music, enjoy wonderful food and drink, and celebrate a unique experience. This is There isn't anything like this. People have tried to export Mardi Gras, and it's never worked anywhere else. This is unique to this city. Well, of course, there's Bourbon Street, too, so iconic. And if you want to go to Mardi Gras this year, now's the time. The folks at NewOrleans.com connected me to Dr. Hales, and their website will tell you all the things to do, where to dine, and you can book your accommodations right now on their website. Again, it's NewOrleans.com, and they'll showcase the ultimate Mardi Gras guide, everything you need to know. Dr. Stephen Hales, wishing you a very happy Mardi Gras. Well, uh, likewise, and uh, if you haven't been recently, please come back. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Third-generation owner Jay Roman from the famed Café Dumont will join us next here on 720 WGN.